0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW for Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity.
2: Join us for today's episode of the Utopian Realities Slope. Save life on planet Earth. Blog Talk Radio Show. Bringing you solution bearers with practical proven scientific ways to help you eliminate global level irradiation and extinction level threats from your body and bringing forward the means to restore and sustain global waters air soil and sentient life welcome Greetings, this is Siava, also known as Lisa Wolf, your host. Welcome to the Utopian Realities from Concept to Planetary Restoration Slope, Save and Sustain Life on Planet Earth, Earth Aid Now, Friday Solution Bearers Forum, where we bring you solution bearers who can help us to mend the sacred hoop of life. As always, listeners, follow the link to listen to the program and to join the live chat page and phone 845-277-9359 with questions or comments. Thank you for joining us this Friday, April 28th, 2017. You know, extinction-level threats come in a variety of forms, be they radiation, uh, political, social, economic oppression and suffering. And another situation that leads to personal extinction is drug addiction. And so today we're going to listen to an interview I did recently with Christopher Lawrence of ibogaroothome.com. That's I-B-O. G-A-R-O-O-T-H-O-M-E dot com. Christopher and I spoke about Ibogaine. Christopher is a former addict and Ibogaine patient and an Ibogaine Iboga provider with over 13 years of experience. He was homeless and hopeless and addicted to hard drugs for over nine years when he found Ibogaine. He had tried many traditional treatment programs, jails and detoxes, infrequent and attempts to get clean with very little success. Christopher says, After Ibogaine, I felt as if I had my soul back. I felt whole for the first time in many years. I was free and I never went back. He began apprenticing to provide Ibogaine six months later and he says, found everything he needed to continue his life in a good way, meaningful work and purpose, the nourishing inspiration of having the front row on people's miracles and transformation, and a community of addicts and former addicts finding healing together. He had something beautiful to belong to, and he has continued gratefully. 13 years later, his life and work have continued to evolve and transform. He has studied with elders and traditions and medicines and has gone to Gabon and been initiated into Bwiti, the Gabonese spiritual tradition surrounding the use of iboga. He has continued to learn and to grow as a provider and as a person and has treated hundreds of people. He and his wife work together with iboga, ibogaine addicts and others seeking the sacred route for healing. They work out of their home in a beautiful little town in coastal jungly Mexico and his dream is to begin a farm and do his part towards making ibogaine therapy sustainable, out of love for this amazing and unique plant. So we will begin with part one. Of a conversation I had with Christopher a few days ago, and I hope listeners that you can uh, hear this, and that the audio quality uh, is sufficient. Greetings, this is Siava, also known as Lisa Wolf, your host. Welcome to the Utopian Realities from Concept to Planetary Restoration, Slope, Save and Sustain Life on Planet Earth, Earth Aid Now, Solution Bearers Forum. I'm happy to be speaking with Christopher Lawrence, and we are going to be speaking about Ibogaine and the amazing potential for healing that Ibogaine bears. Welcome, Christopher. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me on your show. So, yeah, where should we start? Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and and your life and how Ibogaine has changed your life and really become your life's work at this point. Okay, gladly. I'll I'll start with a little bit about about
1: what it is. Iboga, which is what I became is extracted from. Iboga is a plant that grows in equatorial West Central Africa. Gabon is one of the heartlands of the traditions of we, which is where people use Iboga as a sacrament of initiation and they're coming to know themselves and can be their childhood and they can become adults. Also, people use IBOCA for initiations for other reasons, like they have a great sickness that they can't recover from, or a great grief, or, or a great sadness that people turn to like both initiation. And it incorporates the whole community. You know, it's like very much this uh successful initiation becomes a cornerstone of a person's life. And then those people who have been initiated are the people gather and support for other people in, in smaller amounts of iboga and dance all night and play the harp and play the traditional instrument, play the shakers and sing the prayers. So the beginning of our tradition in the West we started with Howard Lofton. He was a beautiful, beautiful guy, beautiful soul. Uh, and passed, it, passed it several years ago, but in 1963, we, uh, He had no no desire to quit his drug addiction. He had no, no desire to stop this. And some so friends had given him the substance from an obscure West African plant so he decided to take it. And his description was that about 30 hours after taking Ibogaine, he finally got up and went outside. And the first thing he said was that uh, was the most horrible drug I've ever taken. I've never taken shit again. And then he realized that he wasn't too narcotic zero cravings to go out and use, and then he said he sat down and he looked at this large tree in the sidewalk in front of him, and he realized that for the first time in his life, he wasn't in fear, and that he had been so full of fear his entire life that he didn't even recognize it until the absence of fear was present, and then he went inside, went to sleep, and woke up a few hours later, completely refreshed, still zero cravings, zero withdrawal, zero desire, use opiates. And He uh, contacted his chemist and how much more of you have. He procured as much ibogaine as he could get his hands on. He rounded up a bunch of his heroin-addicted friends. And he started uh, the first unofficial study of ibogaine, where he gave his heroin-addicted friends, the methadone-addicted friend to ibogaine. And what he saw was the same result with everyone. People were emerging from the processes, they weren't having sickness, they weren't having withdrawal, and they were emerging with no cravings or with their cravings greatly craving reduced what seemed to people who used it, like free to just state they felt like they felt like they had felt before they they were drug addicts, you know? And and so some of those people went back to using, of course, and some of those people are still free today, but the results were consistent as far as interruption of addiction. So so my story was I was a heroin addict I was homeless for nine years of my life, shooting drugs. I eventually got uh, off methadone to get, get off the streets. I had heard about IBD a sort of a street apology six years before I found it. I had been in jail, and I, met a, I had a former heroin addict there who was in jail for growing marijuana and told me this, this extraordinary story about how he had been a heroin addict for 14 years, made this magical African root, and he came out of the process feeling like he knew himself for the first time in his life and never wanted to do heroin again. And to me, at first, of course, I was like, oh, this, this must be bullshit. If, if this existed, I would know about it. And, and so, the curiosity grew. I got out of jail. I told my big sister about it. Um, I told her I needed to find it. Fast forward. Bought, it, was, it was water under the bridge. I gave up on trying to find this obscure, uh, difficult substance. And I was in uh, New York. I but homeless. Got on methadone. Massachusetts. My life was a constantly collapsing landscape. I got to a point in my life where I was living under a bridge in Massachusetts, and and my liver was failing. And for the first time in my life, I really recognized really that that uh, not only didn't I want to die, I really didn't want to die like that. I didn't want to die hating my life, hating myself. And and. I came into contact with my sister, who lived in Oregon, and started communicating with her. And she found ibogaine, and she got me ibogaine. With the help of her and my father, I was, uh, I was taken off the streets and burned off to ibogaine. So I, I took, I took the ibogaine uh, in 2002. I was 28 years old. I had hepatitis C, hepatitis B, less than 30% of women were functioning. I was on methadone. I was shooting cocaine. I was on ZAMA. I lost heart I hated myself, I hated my life, I was strange to my family for a long time. And I came, and I took the IV game and, uh, and I came out the other side about 48 hours later. I First off, just as I was going into a control, I took the IV game, all my control went away. And then, 48 hours later, I had worked for this, this experience. And, and I have different ways of describing it now, but at the time, neurochemically and physically interrupts drug addiction, and and so some, a lot of people emerging like, like they're feeling like they're feeling like they're not broken for the first time in a long time, or feeling like they have their soul back, and another way of describing that from a from a scientific perspective, that neurochemistry, the neurochemistry of a drug addict is restored to a pre addictive state, divide. and for a lot of addicts who have caught up in neurochemical Hijacked and tested my drugs for a long time. It's something we forgot what it feels like it to be ourselves, it to be whole without another substance, And it's not—it's not just about drugs and not drugs. It's about feeling whole uh, unto ourselves and not seeing something external to fill a hole inside of us. And so, so from that one, that one, you know, it was the most extraordinary and most life-changing event that I've ever had on. In Bond, they say very much the same thing in the West where they've done uh research onto how I can eat mumps and uh, be a up, it's, it's how I can eat effective brain they say in uh neurochemical interrupts and genetic resets the neurochemistry to an act to a predictive state. In the they say you need focus so that you can give birth to yourself again, so that you can be a baby on the diboga again so that you can be a child again. And to me it's uh it's saying something very similar, you know. It's uh It's about another new beginning. It's about leaving behind our past so that
3: we can start a a new new chapter of life.
2: Now, your experience was with uh, heroin. Are you also seeing relief from other addictions, meth, alcohol? Yes.
1: Shoulder, and I would like to create a better environment, a more total environment for people to do their afterwards. And so we came to Mexico and started our home that yeah, we have now, where we have a team, support, and incorporate some of the traditions that we the musical traditions, uh, the spiritual traditions surrounding the surrounding, uh, work in Africa. And, we, uh, and we're working towards growing really Egg it, And It's not very sustainable where it is right now. And we've worked with a lot of people down for different reasons. First off, there was always new addicts coming because it does have this extraordinary uh, capacity to take away withdrawal. And it's not just heroin, right? It's pain that's oxycot, epidone, it's all these pills the doctors are writing uh to people with pain and then they become uh captives of these pills and often to backsliders and you know their their pace is bad as ever but it's coupled with the pain and addiction on top of it. So a lot more people are coming for to get off of legal drugs, and also so many people who are using uh, opiates and other things too, cocaine or methamphetamine. Bed- 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 uh, so more and more people coming More and more people, you know, always been coming poly all and we've seen incredible results. But now we've got more and more people coming for PTSD or depression or you know other things, the trauma, and also more and more people coming to get off those legal things. Even people coming down to get off of antidepressants on um, for 7 or 10 years. And, and so it's not, it's definitely just, it's not just heroin. The, uh, the, the chemical um, interruption and neurochemical regeneration works for a number of things. The one thing, the thing they found in the research of IBD is that when you take I
2: What about tobacco, commercial tobacco? History of the repression of Ibogaine in North America, in the United States? Is it also illegal in Canada? So it's a it's an economic threat. It's an economic threat to the medical establishment. And then also how
1: pharmaceutical companies want to cost so such an extraordinary amount of money to off and from. And Ibogaine is just one alkaloid out of a naturally occurring drug in West Africa. There's so no way to patent it. So no one's going to spend uh, uh, I don't know how much, uh, the hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever it costs to develop the medication if they can't patent it don't make much
2: off of it. So it's kind of been stuck there since. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, shortly after Howard's discovery, uh, Ibogaine was made a different one. So what yeah. what year would that have been? Do you know? I think, I think, it, was, uh, I think it was, I'm not sure, So how does Ibogaine compare to something like keratom? I'm sure you're also familiar with keratom, which is reputed. Oh, sorry, yes. Are a lot
3: of people in that they can find um a for their own kids that's not controlled by prescription. And uh, that a lot of people who are using
1: Kraton used to use heroin or used to use prescription payments but are able to get off that get on Kretons. instead. that being said is still an addictive substance. It's not so much interrupting any addiction as replacing it. And when you step off of Kreton you do have um if you're physically addicted you do have withdrawals. So, um, I think it's very different. I think it's not something people continue to take. I think it's not something people will take every day or get addicted to. I think it's something people take once. And uh, maybe it's more more later for spiritual reasons or personal growth, It's something they need to take once and they come out off of everything. It's even free of that. It actually interrupts
2: addiction as opposed to replacing it. You know, I've just been reading about uh the first church of cannabis that uh, has been established in Indiana, thanks to uh, new religious freedom law. Do you see any possibilities in um, bringing ibogaine to the states in a in a similar fashion? Oh, sure, absolutely. Why not? I
1: think some people would have to get in trouble on 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 the road to making it happen. But absolutely. Um, so back to Kabon, IBG is not used for addiction. IBG is used as the people consider it their first medicine. Um, the police people consider it their sacrament. Um, there are communities in villages where it's just very, very small communities. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of Kabon is village life. Um, no electricity, no running water, small villages in deep, endless forest. And in all of, all of those villages that I saw, there are Puiti temples. And people practice bleeding. And Puiti is the spiritual school and teaching and, uh, surrounding the Yusufite of for education. The cornerstones of Puiti are honoring your ancestors and being to, in harmony with your community and honoring the spirits of the forest. And Tensical, kind of, the God is all forest. It's basically honoring the spirit. Thank okay.
2: So have my you brought my <laughs> have you brought elders from Gabon over as well or mostly you go over I there haven't. As you and I've discussed in previous conversation, I'm here in the Dakotas. And we will be right back with part two of my conversation with Christopher Lawrence on Game after a word from our sponsor and a piece of music from EarthAid, reporter Anton Misrax.
0: If you're taking one, two, five or more nutritional supplements, please stop. Simplify your supplementation with BioSuperfood, the most advanced nutritional whole food supplement you can buy. Men, women, children, even Olympic athletes the world over have discovered BioSuperfood from BioAge.com. And now take just one nutritional supplement instead of many. The BioSuperfood formulas are whole food products composed with four of the most nutrient-dense algae found on Earth. Bio Superfood for the Brain helps with focus, memory, clarity, and mood. If you can increase brain health, the rest of the body is a no-brainer. Bio Superfood has zero toxicity and is safe for you and your family.
2: Make sure to read for free online the book that tells it all at AwakeningTheGeniusWithin.com and visit BioAge.com backslash utopia or phone 877 Nine one one six for more information and to order, and make sure to mention Utopia for a fifteen percent discount. And now, listeners, part two of my recent conversation with Christopher Lawrence on Ibogaine. So, have you brought? Have you brought elders from Gabon? Over as well, or mostly you go over there. I, I have not. I've only been once because it's very hard to get there, very expensive to get there. Um, and
1: uh, we have um uh, been talking about the idea a lot. A lot of pilgrims don't want to leave the mountains, um, but some are willing to. And there are some Japanese that come over and practice ceremonies uh in the west, and. They weren't my elders, but I respect them very much. They do incredible work. And um, and we are kind of working right now. A friend of mine is impacted on his dream, just to bring back um, a couple of, of friends and fellow gongas from the temple to come back and help with the booty here. Um, so far, all we've been able to do is go out there, and friends have gone out there, and we just go as much as we can and bring it back with us. Um, but it's
2: a tiny bit. It's like uh you know, it's like bringing a handful of sand from a beach. Right. The traditions are so old and go so deep and they know so much. Um, but it's still
1: it's still a beautiful handful of sand that enriches things and makes the work more beautiful and more intentional,
2: I think. Well, as as you and I've discussed in previous conversation I'm here in the Dakotas, uh, working with the Ocheti Sakowen, with the Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota, who are uh, seriously plagued with alcohol, meth addiction, PTSD from the genocide and or clanicide, as we call it. Um, as and looking at being able to bring this miracle to uh to the people here to uh to stop that wave of death and destruction. Well I think
1: I think that's a beautiful I think that's a beautiful goal and I I I uh I love it. I <laughs> love to participate in any way I could, and um, I, yeah, I don't have words to say what I feel about the terrible uh, nightmare that of, of genocide and uh, trauma and abuse and a, and, and destruction and suffering so through those people. And I think, I think, uh, I think to be any part of, of bringing medicine. There would uh, a great, great mother. And I think um, one thing I know about this medicine is it's really good for broken hearts. And it's really good for trauma. And it's really good for people who have lived uh, through terrible things. And, and I know there are other medicines that are also very beautiful, very helpful, and I know they have conditions of their own that are like, very, very healing. But, uh, but
2: share or spread the session there would be a great honor. So And yeah, I I'm, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm sorry for how things how things are there right now. Christopher, if people wanted at this point to come to where you are, what is the process for that and how do they get in touch with you and What's involved in that? What do people need to know? We have medical screening that's required.
1: Um, we need people to, we need to make sure people's hearts are safe. We need people to get EKKs and cool EKKs and electrolyte panels. We need people to come like um, down here and get the Guarda Vallarta. All our information and our prices and all of that stuff is on our website, which is my OgreWoodHome.com. Uh, we do endeavor to do as much sliding like, scale work for people we can afford as possible, and uh, we're sometimes less limited than other times as to how far how far we can stretch, how far we can bend throughout that. But that's um, a big part of our work is trying to make it available. And I think I think one of the I mean I think one of the best things that could happen is someone come up there get this medicine and had it change their lives, and then. And then spent some time learning how to safely share it. And went back and started sharing it with their family, their loved ones, people closest to them and let it grow naturally, like it grow it grows to the earth there, you know? And that I think is a I think that's the way it usually spreads itself is one
2: person being deeply moved by it and then that one person being just difficult to share it with other people. So is it difficult Um, to grow iboga?
1: it's very difficult there. Down here, we've had some concerns growing them. Uh, it's very humid down here. It's hot. It's got long, rainy, thunderstormy summers. It never freezes in the winter. it's only gets down to the 60s, you know. But it comes from the equator, so those kinds of climates. Um, but, but sustainability is a huge issue because, um, well, one of the biggest, one of the biggest evidences that I think works is how fast this movement has been growing growth curve. From um nineteen sixty three when Howard discovered Idogene to about two thousand, less than a thousand people outside of Bitcoin had died, most of them prediction. From two thousand um two thousand six I think it was um almost four
4: thousand people had decked Ivy in those in those uh six years, right? Mm-hmm. So more more times six years than the
1: previous uh and, um, since then, no one really knows how it's people deny so the fact that it's not fun, and it's hard to get, and it's expensive medication, it comes all the way from Africa, medicine, medicine's a better word, because it comes all the way from Africa, and, uh, all these things contribute to making it hard to get. People are still seeking it out, and I know when I began treating 14 years ago, I don't believe there was only one clinic. It was a clinic in um, in uh, Mexico, Martin Blanca's clinic, and there was one underground provider who uh, was my teacher and the person who treated me, uh, Eric Howe, and uh, he's not doing work anymore. Maybe I should get permission for his team to go out before I uh weren't And And there was also a body of people doing it in Slovenia and a body of people doing it in France Italy, and a body of people doing it in Holland. That was about it. And now, it's, uh, you know, fourteen years later, and there's over 100 clinics out there. And it's just growing so fast. Meanwhile, in Africa, uh, in Gabon, there's very little tradition of growing anything except for small amounts of food in the village people grows. But Gabon's a very, very different place. Gabon is a country with only um with only like a million and a half people and almost a million of them live in one city neighborhood. So. And for the rest of the country, is mostly Newport, it's mostly village life. And New is a country that's 90% forest and about 70% first growth primary forest, right? So there's very little need to grow anything. People go out to the forest and hunt their food. People go out and gather honey. People will cut down palm trees and make palm wine. And they, they don't have a lot of money or don't even have money every day or week And they just provide their own provide what they need from the land and so there there is very little um there's little culture growing and so and so people like rely around their temples around their rivers around their villages for their own use for their own breeding they believe that the ones in the one story i heard belongs, the in the bond was that the one the forest belongs to the spirits and the animals and then to take fruits of those and grow them around the villages to get the plants acclimated to the people, to be around the heart, need to be around the traditions. Then the agolia becomes representative for people, which is a really good story to help protect people from ocean all the wilds of Igogas. But these little these little growths, so these villages are definitely not equipped to to uh, sustain a global market, you know? And uh, and uh rapidly growing global market people, in the United and so, sustainability is a big issue right now. And so, a lot of the people who are breeding and following the traditions are um, having less and less iboga to work with. And um, a lot of the people who are willing to sell iboga online are the people who are they're, they're people who want money and they're willing to go the to the forest and as much of it as they can. To, to and, and it makes sense because people in the West are offering. More money than people have ever had or ever thought they could have to them and their families for, for this world. until people just go out and coach as much as they can to create stability for their families. And so, um, and another thing that has come up in, in light in recent years um, is that a lot of the apocotons proposals, on the elephant trails the elephants out, so at least some of the people who are responsible for coaching uh, iboga and selling it are connected to um, some people who are coaching elephants, and so people need so, uh, iboga and they're, they're desperate for it, they can't afford to get to a clinic or a center, and they can't find an underground provider, and so people are going online and wherever they can, and so, and so I really urge people. When they're working with iboga to make sure you're getting your iboga from sustainable sources and that we, we don't collectively love this plant together because this is a beautiful um life transforming miracle for a lot of people and to destroy it out of our love and our need is, is definitely definitely the wrong road to take and um and so there are sustainable sources, there are people-growing gardens, there are people-growing groves, there are tends who have found a way to take a very similar uh, alkaloid from another African plant called Volkinga and semi-synthesize it into Ibogaine, which is a sustainable option because uh, this, this other alkaloid comes from the bark of a bokinga tree, and it's, uh, it's, it doesn't kill the plant, to take the bark, and it produces a lot more material, so people should be really mindful that they're, they're working with sustainable medicine and supporting sustainable medicine. Whether that means helping people in Kabon grow groves and plant groves or finding people who are already growing groves, uh, and or using the semi synthesized medicine until we have more gardens in the world so that we don't deplete um, the cornerstone of we eat people in Gabon who've this for helpless, countless, countless, countless generations. And uh, the last option is we start growing ourselves, which we're in the beginning stages of. It. You know, we've got our first twenty plants in the ground, and two big mama plants grown here, who produced great babies. It's not nearly as far along as it needs to be to be begun, You know, and it's my dream, my vision to, to have a world of medicine that's enough to sustain all of my work and share with a lot of people, here and share it all with the people I've trained and taught. And and uh, it, it's not um, you know, it's not an easy thing to do because the plant is slow growing. It takes about seven years before the plant is big enough to harvest. And when you do harvest the plant, the part of the plant that contains the medicine is the root bark. So you're scraping all
2: the, the bark off the root. So you kill the plant to make to it Oh, no. And so, so we, we
1: definitely have to be mindful of sustainability. And um, like I was saying earlier, cultures and the musical traditions and spiritual traditions of the bond are so beautiful and so rich and so diverse and uh, so full of uh, joy and so full of spirit and so full of music and so full of dance and so full of uh, history and knowledge and it would be the most terrible thing to do to, to change all of that so that so that we can support our own needs to get up to heal you know, from our own trauma when there are other options you know. And I have heard that there are even places at the pond where the has been so over harvested that, um, that there are communities there that are now drinking alcohol in the temple because they don't have enough iboga. I didn't experience that when I was there, but
2: I've heard it's out there in some, some places. Wow. How, how tall so, do the plants get?
1: I'm uh, growing like trees. I've always seen them kind of taller than me. But an average shrub will come to um I'm looking at my shrub right now. Its tallest limbs come to well, probably my neck and I'm about six four. It's big and bushy
2: and wider than it's good mouths. So they could and conceivably could they conceivably be grown in greenhouses? Sure, sure. But a lot of you know, but it could be done for sure. Well. And I would think that, um, you know, so many nations came together at Standing Rock, and I don't know uh, what African nations were represented, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there, I would think there would be interest in either inviting you know elders or you and you know creating an alliance between uh, the traditionals here and uh, the traditionals there out of curiosity do you know if the structure of of government in the in gabon the traditionals do they have their clan mothers and and women who appoint chiefs, or how does how does their government function? The women, the, women, the women in the tribal community, the women have
1: their small communities, so I feel they're more organic because they are small villages, you know, and you go to a lot of villages, you know, dirt floors and lantern light and porch light, and no one uh, is there to running water in small communities know each other very well. average together. The community is very, very, very sharing um, based. Like it's such a true sharing. Like when someone brings back their or antelopes, it's all brought to the woman's hut and they debate and they talk and they make sure everything is divided up equally and everything is allotted equally. If anyone comes in visit and ends up sharing money, that's all thrown down in the Hut or the woman's hut and everyone debates and everyone decides how those allotted how it's divided equally. Um, they believe that. Um, Many sicknesses, as well selfishness, which uh, I have to agree with. And so I know their communities are very um, based on, on those principles. Uh, I know that the women have a lot of power in spiritual and the physical, like there's a lot of strong matriarchs there. I don't know what their what their mean um, They all. Uh, you know, I don't know how the woman Works, but I know they've got a lot of strength and a lot of power. And I know the female are led by women, and the men's initiations are run by men. Um, I know that uh, that uh, there is uh, a lot of respect for women in every temple you go to. There is uh, a statue in the it that is for most temples that represents the grandmother, and that's the uh, first female ancestor. She's you know always there. She's not smiling or light. She's pretty fierce. I <laughs>
2: So how has Gabon managed to not be taken over by outside forces?
1: Way. They are hungry for, for Western clothes, and, and the, the woman, like these places, and the woman less so than the men. A lot of times you go to a village, and the women are still all in traditional clothes, and the men are wearing shirts and jeans, you know? Uh, and so the people are hungry for Western clothes, and they are hungry for televisions, they are hungry for stereos, and soda pop, and hard alcohol, and all those things. And so that is definitely that's definitely growing, definitely blooming, and so people will trade things uh, that they have forever, and so maybe don't, don't quite recognize that it could ever run out, you know? But people are willing to pay great prices for those things. And I also think, like, in, in, the, in the villages, of course, like, to them there's nothing more sacred than the forest, so no one's going to trade the forest for anything, but those, uh, but those, um, decision choices aren't being made by the people living in
2: villages in the forest, you know? So in the villages, is the land then still held communally or has it gone, has, and do you know it's anything, difficult. hmm? Yeah, it's very,
1: Uh, and people people share a lot. Like when you go into a small community, people would um would, you know, go sleep in a in a family member's bed so that you could sleep in their bed and take their hut. (laughs) Even if you really didn't want it, you know. People have a chance and that's fine. I don't want to displace anyone. People were really adjusted about that. They sometimes been with some other relative to their 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 bed to sleep in. Um, so that sort of sharing, that sort of generosity, was really commonplace there. And I've never been to a place with such beautiful music and people making music so much, and people making songs together so much, and people playing playing instruments together, together so much. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh yeah it's, it's it's uh it's beautiful and it's uh it's a really delicate balance right now. You know, it's, it's beautiful that I began to. Save an addict's life, and then it can help people heal from all kinds of stuff they couldn't find a way to heal from. That's, that's incredible, and it's needs to be global medicine. And then we also have to find a way to do it that's not depriving the bond and, uh, and taking the cornerstone the of their traditions away from them, or even, even exploiting the bond. You know, making can people very rich.
2: around them we're you know yes just... so when you go I mean do many of the people speak English or there's you no, have no very a... few it's, most, it's mostly mostly French I forget how many languages are spoken in the bottom
1: very very many tribal dialects and then the time that binds is French but even in some villages a lot of the elders don't always speak French or don't speak much French they speak a bit and it's their kids who translate for them and then um and then every once in a while you meet someone who speaks English and for me that was that was essential. I don't speak French. So I needed that I needed that brandy always for someone someone who could speak English there to to you know, to the communication But very
2: very few people speak English, or they do just a little bit, you know. So what was the history of the French with Gabon? Do you know? I mean why I they speak know. French? So far, That's how they got colonializing. That's how they got the colonializing government in was through the French. That's a good thing, yes. Adoptees, you could say, people who've adopted. Mm -hmm. So, Christopher, what else that you'd like to share with listeners about Ibogaine?
1: my friends my friends And and that that the majority of people who divide the eight stay free for three to six months afterwards. And that many, many of the people who divide the eating do need to go back to using it and get enough of a taste of freedom that they that they know they can be free and that continues to haunt them or to inform them until they take action and get free. And so um, what I'm seeing is that is an actual solution for people to get free of drugs and continue
2: life so those but, uh, people those people who 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 do succumb again then does doing Ibogaine again help them
1: I'm not creating uh, I don't have to take a hole inside myself, I'm cured, and they go home and they don't change anything, they don't work on themselves. Uh, when people come back they're actually filled with the uh with the fear of failure, and when they come out, they're like, "All right, I'm feeling really good. I know this is just the beginning. This is not the end of anything. This is just the beginning of my new road, and I've got a lot of work to do." And so, a lot of people come through with that knowledge louder in their hearts, and they're willing to, to own their piece of the puzzle, which is that, like, as important as the game itself, it's just three months after I game that rule, that role.
2: We'll be back with part three of our conversation with Christopher Lawrence on Ibogaine after a piece of music by John Franklin Fletcher and a word about one of our recommended products for helping eliminate toxicity and increasing your health and well-being in these challenging times.
0: You are the diamond in the sky. No two diamonds are alike. You are created to be unique. Bring out your true self. Diamond in the sky, be one with your true self. Diamond in the sky, be one with your true self. Give GPS In the form of your emotion. Navigate life wide. Reach your true human potential Until you realize you're in your true self One with the Divine Dine in the sky Be one with your true one with your You are the diamond in the sky. Friends, nothing in life is more important than your good health. That's why I recommend bioalgae concentrates, bio-superfood and nutritional supplements. These supplements feed every cell in your
4: body microscopically. No matter how you feel, BioAlgae Supplements will help you. Many people feel energized shortly after the first time they take it. And
2: visit BioAge.com backslash Utopia or phone 877-288-9116 for more information and to order. And be sure to mention Utopia for a 15% discount. And now, part three of our conversation with Christopher Lawrence on Ibogaine. Um Information needs to be combined with
1: people understanding that it's a very delicate, uh, it's a very delicate situation and that we need to combine this with, um, with respect for the cultures that were the first carriers brother, and respect for issues of sustainability and need to start finding solutions if you're desperate for a moment, if you're looking for it, make sure you get it from the state of the sources. Make sure you find people who are actually growing the
2: medicine. Um, make sure you ask people where they're getting their medicine from. Uh, well, it seems so, as though, are, are you building community down there, or do you have community?
1: team of um, five people working, me, my wife, our who help, and all of us all of us are former drug addicts who've got IBA, who've got our lives changed, who just want to stay near the case, and medicine. And around us we've got a lot more people um, around us who just use this place is a safe base. It's like a pretty beautiful town without a big presence, you know, a huge presence of drugs. It's a beautiful community, oriented town without a lot of people, after they do, they do their sessions, and they, they go back home, and they're like, oh, fuck, this they find a way to get back down there. And <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people, you know, some
2: people get jobs, some people stay here, some people go work at bit, students and come down, some people just come down every year for a month or two, but we've always got an assortment of strange characters, people who share shirts around. So we do you have a land, and want to be here. do you have a land base? So,
1: Um, and our team surrounds us, surrounding that, is this community of former addicts who live in this town or use this town as a, a, a home base or safe haven, and so there's a lot of a lot of uh, support and so during the ceremonies themselves. A lot of people come together and make music and shake shakers and ring bells and hold the... Uh, the ceremony for people, and uh, during and after, there's a lot of people who aren't working are coming by wanting to take people to yoga, or wanting to take people to the field trips, or wanting to go meditate with people, or wanting to go swimming or surfing with people, and so there's just this kind of like uh community vibe that, that naturally occurs around it, that, and see it everywhere, even around underground work here, being able to be so open about what we do, is just created this great, this great, um. Great opportunity for communities to just grow around it naturally. And so, and so that's there. And then also, we just got a long term lease on some land that we planted our first 20 ibogas. on, well, not our first 20, we
2: have two mama plants in our home, but, mm-hmm. um, but 20, 20 more ibogas. And we want to plant uh, an awful lot more and have a, have a successful private like, iboga farm. The what about? What about using Iboga with uh youth, children? Is there in traditionally is it is do children grow up with it or children do. They do low doses. They children and even in some of the villages, very young children we low, low doses of medicine. They don't do education until they're old enough for education.
1: That's different different places, you know, mid teenage years six years, early teen years, depending on the parts of the pond, the village, the child, all of that. But um they don't make that journey until later. But they grow up in small amounts of Mogai okay? and they grow up being in if your mom's if your mom's participating in If you're a baby, you're gonna be sitting in her lap and she's gonna be clapping and shaking palm rhythms all night and she's gonna be holding her hands while she's doing it some of the time. you're gonna be learning to talk rhythms when you're even learning to speak and uh and you see these uh if you know sometimes you see a three eight year old who's really really good dancer really incredible dancer already, you know, getting up and dancing and it's uh, such a cornerstone of their life, so um uh,
2: so you know, the children grow up in it and around it and experiencing it part of it. Christopher, will you so, give the name of the website again, would you spell it for listeners? Iboga Rodehome
1: I-E-O-D-A-R-O-O-D-H-O-N-E dot com .com. IbogaRodehome.com If you if people are interested in learning more from our site there uh, are two really good documentaries I can think of off the top of my head that I think are both just on YouTube or wherever. Um, one of them is Gabon, The Last Dance, and that has entirely to do with Gabon and the physical traditions and the and the medicine there. And uh, it's a beautiful documentary about Gabon. And uh, the other is Rites of Passage. A. Uh, and I think you type in the Rites of Passage ID and it's a documentary about also West to and and people. So they're
2: both, they're both good Well thank you so much, Christopher. It's You're welcome. So You're super welcome. Thanks, <laughs> Yeah, it's so needed. Um, it's so needed. So I look forward to working with you to to help here. Uh, you know, obviously, we have concern for all of Turtle Island, but especially for the Oseti Sakowin, for the Lakota, Dakota, Nakota Nation. And I look forward to building alliance uh, between the traditionals and with you and the people of Gabon. It sounds like um, we could possibly even think of doing something like a sister city. (laughs) Um, Beautiful
1: idea. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak and share. I was uh, nervous about, I've always been nervous about talking in front of people, but thank you very much for the opportunity to share. And I definitely look forward to this growing and whatever way it's supposed to and be part of that. And uh, I think it would be wonderful if somehow we could get the medicine there. I'm excited about that. And uh, do you have any questions? Is there anything I have on, uh explaining to you? Is there anything else you want to know about it before we do
3: something on our some different ways to work with the medicine? kinds of protocols
1: people feel threatened by the big vision quests and stuff. Um, which I imagine a lot of people there are actually really hungry for that, you know, and, and experience that in their own ways themselves. But for people who are scared of it or people who just do one health condition or another. Um, like when we do initiation we usually use Ibogaine, so the dosage is different, but if you're doing initiation the and the equivalent of the doses of Ibogaine we give to people for a flood dose is like fifteen or seventeen but it's a lot, but then by the same token, people can just a the
3: day for a month and find their cravings go away. Their brain starts to heal. It's a much more gradual process. They start having insides
1: and start shifting, and uh, again, we've had to do this with people with cardiac problems who weren't safe to receive a flood dose. But you can give people spoon a month, especially when they're great, and they quitting drinking and supporting them. Some, some you know, downing stuff seizures, blood pressure medications make sure their blood pressure stays, and whatever natural medications you want to surround it with you to adapt it and adaptogens and herbs whatever traditional medicines are from there that might help. And then if it just
2: Which would still help the the severely, the same. I mean, mm hmm. Yes, well. Yeah. What about um, marijuana? What about ganja? I mean, are, how do you see that?
3: Anyone else. So people are coming down by the gate and
2: want to get off heroin, but they want to keep smoking pot. We're all right with that. We just have an honest reflection. Like, if we see think lefty is getting baked all day, and we're like, no, you shouldn't do that. But, um,
3: but if it helps people through their detox, particularly, you know, hell oh, yeah. So I'm kind of a free willist when it comes to that. Yes. And I kind of follow, I definitely follow the harm reduction model. It's like, what do you want
1: to do? Do you want to. Quit everything, or do you want to get off heroin? Um, but you know, what, what works for you? And I think as we delve more and more into addiction, we're seeing that the black and white, all or nothing, abstinence versus uh, the hopeless user model is not accurate, and it's not true, and it's uh, not that helpful for people. You know, um, it cuts people off from a lot of helpful tools, back to someone's post. Uh, you know, a former addict, but they've got these visionary medicines that can help them garner insight and help. And they've got a community around them that forbids them to use them because they're a drug addict. That can actually cause a lot of uh, conflict. You know, people even gone back to their day. meetings and have people kind of turn against them because they're trying It's like, because oh, I was, I was using heroin for all these years. No, I'm not. You know, and and uh, and, so, and so it so it can even Really delicate, but I'm, I'm, I'm very much a harm reductionist, and I've seen that uh, Andrew Tatowski and other people who are kind of cutting in the field of addiction in New York, the Addiction Institute. More harm reduction than abstinence model. And they've done these long term studies on ex cocaine and ex heroin users. Specifically, what they did, they did long term studies on the ones that practice complete abstinence and the ones that have just given up their hard drugs and still
3: smoke pot or occasionally drink alcohol or whatever it is, but a harm reduction model. They haven't given up all drugs, but they've given up their drugs of voice. And they found that one group has not
1: any sign of improvement over the other group as far as of success as far as staying off of heroin. But what they have found is in general, the group that doesn't practice the abstinence model
2: because sports slightly they do want to put this on air, but uh, I prefer not because it's totally controversial and, mm-hmm. but, think, but these people who are working um, with the, the model where still issues, they still occasionally use or allow themselves marijuana or allow themselves to occasionally use psychedelics.
3: and you know, it's kind of like a it's not a fit block, it's just like divided into people who never use anything people substances, so there's a wide range in there, right? Right. Um, but the people who continue to use substances
1: but are off of their hard drugs of choice and their drug problems score slightly higher in the category of quality of life as far as depression, relationships, you know, anxiety, uh, holding down their jobs, getting along with their co-workers, that whole uh, quality of life survey that like, oh, psychologists use. And the people who are not abstinence actually support higher. So I think that's one thing that needs to change a little bit is our all-or-nothing model. And what I've seen in meetings, which I'm an advocate of, of the 12 steps, they're beautiful steps, and I've seen them help a lot of my friends, and I'm all for the one they're helping. But where I see them backfire a lot, a lot, in, in the realm of addiction, it's, um, so, so most addicts have similar core wounds, and those core, those core wounds have to do with trust community. And those wounds have to do with shame the same, same community about themselves. And so, say you're you're doing a 12-step uh, a, a, a thing, and you've got a complete support group around you that's unconditionally there for you. And then you go in, like, succeeding for six years, and then you go in one day because you're like, I started smoking pot, it's helping me. And all of a sudden, Produce, you know? And then, of course, that's going to cause a full blown rematch because you're really triggering the fucking core wounds of almost every addict. You're, you're triggering abandonment issues and you're triggering fucking issues around shame and feeling, people about yourself. So it's like uh, they, they, people talk about the perfect storm a lot. It's like creating a perfect storm. It's like creating the perfect situations, perfect growing rounds for full blown rematch, you know? Because abandonment are often the core wounds, right? Starting over now, and like, as you everything you've done, it doesn't amount to anything. So it's just all that core shit that makes you want
3: to fucking get high in the first place and speak from yourself in the first place, Right. right. Yeah.
2: So it doesn't conflict. So, so it doesn't conflict with iboga treatment for other.
1: and the underdog that smoke weed, you know, and sometimes smoke weed with iboga or sometimes smoke weed on their free time, or so it's, uh they definitely, they definitely have been
2: hand in hand for a long time, you know, um, which... because I'm not even, I'm not a pop smoker very much, smoke smoke. I'm not a big
1: pop lover. it's not a, it's not a substance, you know, I charge you for help or help, but, but I,
2: About it. That leads to one other question as far as what fibers the people in Gabon are, are using for cloth. What what? What they make their clothes out of. Um, well a lot a lot is cotton now. A lot is cotton and beautiful, beautiful prints, beautiful fabrics. But traditionally a lot of traditional stuff is Russia like palm fibers well, well, these very beautiful can also the can be more like skirts. I just wondered if they used hemp. Oh, I don't know. I don't actually know if they use hemp or not
1: there. I never looked into it. I know Roth is really common, so it might be similar, right? Rafi is like the fiber of the palm. Uh,
3: so they might also use hemp. But I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, with regards to
1: addiction people who are like even people um who come out and they're like they're like, Well, I wanna be able to drink once in a while I'm off I'm off uh and okay, so I wanna be able to drink once in a while. I definitely coach them that it's not a good experiment in the first year of their endeavor. I coach them to to deal with their feelings first and get their ground state ground state kind of training taken care of first. Like like learn how to learn how to Um, Feel your feelings whether you like them or not and let them pass on their own organically and understand on a fundamental level that your feelings are like weather patterns and they come and go and that you don't need to escape from them. And then once people have learned that like ground lesson, it will make their their whole recovery more secure. Be a good to be on. So, I urge people not to do a lot of escapist stuff after Iboga, It maybe even work more with low dose Iboga to kind of incorporate it into the whole thing. Um, but if, if someone says, Well, I just want to drink once in a while, I also let them know that I've never seen anything causes any relapses as alcohol. So, even if someone says, to the alcohol and social relapse, a lot of people go out with friends, get drunk, and then when they walk by that token, they walk by every day and have a new temptation.
3: When they're all drunk, they're like,
1: sure, why the hell not? So I've never seen anything cause any relapses to relapse alcohol. Um, that being said, if someone really, like, really wants to try that road, I also have to honor that it's their life, you know? It's their life, and it's their it's their free will to the body, you know? And, and 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 not not judge you know, so harshly, you know, not judge so harshly or severely and allow people to make the mistakes they need to make to learn what they need to learn. And then I also do know people who are ex heroin cocaine and crack addicts who now are haven't used that in many, many years and are occasional drinkers, occasional smokers. So right there that I've seen that recreated. Um many times, you know. I don't know how many times. Um, Over, you know, I don't know, uh, many, many times, (laughs) over, over a hundred times. That right there shows me that our whole idea that addiction is a chronic disease and that if you use one drug, it will go back into the throes of Um, it—it's not actually true. You know, there's a lot more nuance to it than that. There's a lot more to be said for the human process to reclaim our power, to recreate, reclaim our free will, Um, and. And it's definitely hard to tell where the limits of it are. And boundaries are because everything's different, right? One guy definitely will go drink and he'll want to get drunk and he'll drink more and he'll drink more and he'll drink more. And, he'll drink more. and then he'll walk by to a top and pick up, you know, possibly that's possibly one outcome. Another guy will discover that he'd likes to drink occasionally with his wife, but not too much because it knows his feelings, he likes how he feels, and he enjoys a glass of wine or two now and then, you know. Um, and and is able to maintain that indefinitely, and is fine with that. They've done some deep fundamental healing in themselves that no longer requires that they escape from their feelings, although they still have safe boundaries, they know, not to go back to their drug choice, because that's kind of part of self-love, self-care, is knowing where not to take yourself and trust in them. And then then there's other people who will drink and have problems with it and come out of problems with it and be balanced with it and learn the lesson of life and still never relapse to their drug of choice and stay free and still have a great improvement in their life. So I don't, you know, it's not so it's not so black and white as our traditional treatment paints everything. And, uh, and I'm seeing this from someone who really thinks alcohol is super, super tricky, fire for former addicts addicts Um, That being said, if someone's a big problem with alcohol, then you don't want you
2: know, to get off of alcohol and practice drinking moderately, for sure. But... Um, it would be nice, anyways, though, to be able to do that. I mean, as a non-alcoholic, I can do that, you know, so. I, and I have seen people do that. I have seen people do that. I don't promote it too much because I think it's a minority
1: of people who can do that. I think also it's easy for us to fool ourselves. You know what I mean? It's easy for us to, to, um, to you know, to justify something. I think we i
2: definitely that. Often, as well. Um, what I mean, about what food? I mean, going into the, I mean, you know, you see a lot of sugar addiction, food addictions. Does it have oh, any... That's interesting. Um, with, with
1: me, after I began I only, 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 only with sugar. And uh, it was like, I would I'd go to McDonald's in the morning and I get like like freaking I never eat McDonald's anymore, I consider it a relapse, But I'd go to McDonald's in the morning and I'd get the like, pancakes and I put like um jelly and honey and an extra packet of syrup on it and then sprinkle packets of sugar over the whole thing. And that would really like my breakfast and there's something about the junky sweet and, and then at lunch I would go get two McDonalds apple pies. A of vanilla ice cream, like mid lunch. All I wanted was Twinkies, crap. And then after I became, I lost all of my desire for sweet foods. All I wanted was like Chili's and fish and after I and it was just like like something like having to taste something like natural, like a menu, and it was gross. That was so weird. And then and then I've often wondered what it's about uh, because then I had another person who um, she did a session and she got off of two years of heroin. She's a good friend now. She's still off. a good friend who's also a, a, a little drinker, but moderate, and anyways, whatever. But she's uh, been off heroin, I think, nine years now, ten years. But she did her session the first time, and afterwards she just couldn't eat enough sugar. So I wow, that's different than I was, And then she wanted to buy to eat six months later for spiritual.
2: Thank you listeners for um, listening to this interview with Christopher Lawrence of ibogaroothome.com That's I-B-O-G-A-R-O-O-T-H-O-M-E.com And if you are interested in seeking relief from addiction, Uh, please get in contact with Christopher Lawrence and see about arranging a visit to his healing retreat in Mexico. We're going to uh, listen to uh, a conversation with Andrew Scheim of Blue Sea Water, another Healing solution that we at Utopian Realities from Concept to Planetary Restoration, Slope, Save and Sustain Life on Planet Earth, Earth EarthAid now recommend Blue Sea Water. Here it or They now we bring you solution bearers who can help you optimize your life through these challenging times i'm talking with andrew scheim of bluesy water which i've incorporated into my daily protocol andrew would you please explain to listeners why bluesy water is so important right now
4: thank you lisa uh, bluesy water is really a product for our times it is a global detox product and it protects the body from all sorts of environmental toxins and it will clean up the reservoir of toxins in your body. It's also another product for our times is that it's extremely affordable. Most people are challenged financially and bluesy water costs $36 for a six-month supply. So uh, bluesy water will actually grab up virtually all toxins. If you had a filthy body of water, it would completely clean it and you could drink the water and does the same in the body. And essentially uh, it works on principle of what's called activated oxygen similar to ozone therapy which is used to clean massive toxic spills hazmat spills etc so it mimics ozone therapy and also what's called chelation therapy it has the ability to literally gather up the byproduct of everything it, it you know that's like
2: andrew up. andrew does it address radiation
4: thank you lisa a bluesy water is a product for our modern times there's extraordinary extraordinary levels of toxicity in our environment we all know about the radiation from fukushima that you talk about on your show. There's all kinds of GMOs, toxic foods, pesticides, herbicides, heavy metals, and bluesy water, literally, if you took a filthy, toxic body of water, would clean it, purify it to where you could drink the water. And it does the same in the body. It actually creates a protective grid and grabs up toxins as they enter your body. Plus, it will go after the storage tank of heavy metals and chemicals that you might have accumulated in your body for, you know, your entire lifetime. So, it, it literally, wherever the water goes, it grabs up toxins. It also provides incredible trace minerals and is extremely hydrating. It's it's not normal water is actually much less hydrating than bluesy water. It's called structured water. So our website bluesywater.com has all this information, and I encourage you to also check out our videos and make bluesy water the centerpiece of your detox protocol. And also the trace minerals in bluesy water are are are, are critically important for your trace mineral nutrition. That's that's. It's of our times, I was always looking for something. Always in my teachings, and we have a, a, a series of videos. You go to the website, click on videos, and you'll see maximize maximize your bluesy water therapy series. And we have s- several videos on. A synergistic programs you can do to make the water work even better if you're really super toxic super sick sick please watch those videos and the key emphasis is affordability this is a way to achieve what people would spend tens of thousands of dollars to go to a clinic and do it at home for for a fraction of the price
2: do you say Andrew that if you're doing bluesy water that other um, products such as zeolite or humic fulvix do you need to do those as well, or will the bluesy water accomplish the detoxification? Well,
4: basically, the example I would give is, I, I have a secondary, second product on the site similar to it's made with diatomaceous earth and if you have a lot of toxicity in the colon that product help it'll be like having two filters losing water literally grabs toxins up at the cell site wherever it goes it's detoxifying but if you have a huge a huge historical amount of toxins in your colon you're starting to detox initially those products can help as a secondary filtration system but the water is extraordinary because of its ability to go everywhere in the body and grab toxins up literally at the cell site so it's somebody, you know, eats a bunch of toxic foods, yes, they can use my energy enzyme product for digestive stress after the meal to pretty much soak up that huge dump of you know, toxins, and also it will help in any colon issues. But over time, the water will actually will take over, and you'll need less and less of any secondary products. This also includes transmineral products and quite a number of supplements because bluesy water has the ability to, as you detoxify the body, uh, you will need less Antioxidants, for instance, because the water is removing the toxins that cause oxidative stress. So it's pretty extraordinary what will change over time as you profoundly detoxify the body. Tanner, this is an extremely powerful global detox product, and it comes down back to water, but this is extraordinary water. Please read all the uh, parts about activated oxygen and the ability to increase. The the amount of oxygen to the cell and, and the ability for the water to completely detoxify the toxins with this key feature of activated oxygen is extraordinary. What we teach in the Maximize series is how to increase the rate of detox or the intensity of the detox. So if you're really, really challenged and you you understand these principles, you can essentially increase the water's, at, you know, let's say intensity level and, and get incredible levels of detox and, and really break through some of these very heavy-duty issues. But please check out, once again, our Maximize Your Boozy Water Therapy videos. They're really important.
2: Wonderful. Thank you, Andrew. You're welcome. Thank you.
4: And speaking
2: of water, uh, listeners join us tomorrow, April 29th from 11:30 a.m. to one thirty p.m. Mountain Time when we will hear from Susan Henderson of Edgemont, South Dakota, asking for support to stop Powertech Azarga from receiving EPA permits. For MC2 leach recovery, uranium mining in the sacred Black Hills, as it severely threatens the water. To become part of the Utopian Reality Slope Earth Aid mission, contact White Buffalo Nation at gmail.com and visit wbnslope.weebly.com at our White Buffalo Nation Facebook page and support the Slope mission at GoFundMe.com Slope. Your contribution helps keep this mission going as we work to get solutions to all the people and life on Earth. And we're going to close with a piece of music by uh, Eostar Kamala called White Buffalo Cast Woman.
5: White Buffalo Woman, teach us how to walk in the ways of love. White Buffalo Woman, join the split feather together as one. White Buffalo Woman, purify our world. Retrieve the sacred pipe from the womb. Right. May your will be the will of the great I'm
2: Joining us together, let's sustain life on planet Earth. That's yours, mine, and all of ours, on and in the land, waters, and air. Thanks for joining us. Till next time, this is Siava Lisa Wolf for Slope. Save and sustain life on planet Earth, EarthAid Now. Let's give the Earth and all her children freedom from fear, lack, and degradation, and bring a utopian reality now.